Our Holy Gospel comes to us today from the book of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. Now Jesus said to the disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? When was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those in his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison, and did not take care of you? And he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're finally at the end of the parables. It is in this moment in Matthew's Gospel where all of the parables come to an end. And it's after these words this morning in which the leaders of the synagogue will begin their plot against Jesus. It's fascinating that it is this text that is what's prescribed, so to speak, for the Christ the King Sunday. It is this text in which, quite frankly, we hear just that, a prescription of sorts. What do you mean by a prescription, Pastor? Well, over the last few weeks, we've had these parables that clearly delineate who is chosen and who is not, who is in and who is out. And we really, deep down inside, are uh, discomforted by these texts. And again, we have this uh, before us. I, I actually can't stand the NRSV's translation at the end. I actually kind of, the NIV says this, he will, he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. It's a prescription in our minds. Because many of us sitting here are wondering, am I a sheep or am I a goat? Am I on the right or am I on the left? And a couple weeks ago, the ten bridesmaids. Am I one with the extra oil? Or am I the one running to the market? Am I in? Am I out? Am I saved? 
or am I damned? In our mind, these are the words we hear, and these are the ways that our, our thoughts already begin because we want the prescription. We want exactly the steps that it takes for us to be the sheep. Amen? We love prescriptions. We survive on, on prescriptions. Two years ago, I remember our journey with our daughter in, in her health journey, Two years ago, what started with an ankle injury that just didn't seem to heal led to uh, doctor after doctor, a second opinion to a third opinion, walking, uh, walking to the Mayo Clinic system in Rochester. And when it was all said and done, what we had at the end of it was a prescription. What we had was the answer to the situation. Now my daughter, she'll never be healed because there is no cure for her condition, but we have a prescription, we have a lifestyle, we have an answer that will save her. And for my wife and I, we are glad. Amen? Amen. Any of us that have been in the journey of life in which we have a prescription given to us to help us know exactly what it is to have one one more day, one more week, one more month, one more year, of course, is viewed as a gift. But that's because we long to control the outcome. And there are certain aspects of our life where, yes, indeed, we can control the outcome. But when it comes to these parables, nothing about the parables is us controlling the outcome. The answer we're longing for comes in the king, the great shepherd. So we dive into this parable. We dive into this text, and, and we, hear these, uh, we hear this division, so to speak. It is Jesus. If you were to go into my Bible, you would have four pages in a row of nothing but red letters. If you have any idea what I'm talking about, the red letters in some Bibles is all of Jesus' words that he said. Four pages in a row, uninterrupted by black ink, all red letters of Jesus describing, prescribing in theory, what we believe to be who is saved and who is not. And he jumps right in and his last parable just cuts to the core. Some of you will be sheep. Those of you who have fed the hungry, those of you who have given drink to the thirsty, those of you who have given shelter to the homeless, those of you who visited someone in the hospital, who visited someone in the prison, you are the sheep that will be brought in and made righteous to God's right hand. But I also love the caveat in this parable. And the sheep respond, well, dear Lord, um, when did we feed the hungry? When did we give drink to the thirsty? When did you notice that we did this? And we find ourselves scratching our heads. And then he jumps in, and those of you who are the goats, you are the ones that never did any of these things. And their response is, quite frankly, one in the same. But when did we see you naked and didn't clothe you? When did we not feed you when you were hungry? Again, we're missing the point. We miss the point because when I look out at all of us, we are all goats. I know that's harsh. Pastor, did you just declare that we're all condemned? No. 
The reality is even the sheep amongst us who think, ah, yep, I'm a sheep. I, I, I'm, I'm a sheep. I, mm, I'm benevolent. Mm. In fact, I increased my tithe to the church this year, my pledge card. We're good. Yep. You know, I've been to the prison once in a while. I've, I've, gone, I've gone down there. I've taken a trip over there. And, you know, Southeast Methodist down the road, I, every chance we get, we'll, we'll go participate in that. I, I, think, I think, dear pastor, I, I think I'm a sheep, you know. Rod, Rod I, think, I think I'm a sheep. Paul, I, I think I made the cut, right? And then Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one, bam, end of game. For one, the one guy with the cardboard sign on the exit ramp. The one gentleman. That was it. I guess I'm no longer a sheep. I'm the goat. And for the goats, for the goats, we just continue on in our wayward path in life. We've got it all figured out. Goats are notorious for going out on their own. They aren't as interested in following the rest of the flock. They're going to do it their way, and they've got the horns to defend, and what they're going to do is they're going to butt their heads. But then we end up uh, para, uh, paraphrasing this parable right there with Ezekiel. What did we hear in Ezekiel? In Ezekiel, God's judgment isn't even, he doesn't even include the goats on that, on that version. His judgment is purely on the sheep. And what is his judgment upon? It is the skinny, thin, the sheep that weren't, ever given the opportunity to have sustenance and the resources. In fact, God rings great judgment upon the fatted sheep, the one that always nudged the other sheep off to the side so that it could get the green, luscious grass. Any of you have multiple pets? Multiple dogs, maybe? I love dogs. I used to be a cat guy only because I grew up in a cat family. Cats are just unique. I, you know, we should just make this cats and dogs, parable of the cats and dogs. God forgive me, right? He didn't talk about cats and dogs. He talked about goat and sheep. If you have multiple dogs, I've, I've witnessed from time to time, and I talked to some of, our, uh, some of our hunting guides out there that have to feed multiple labs. It's interesting to watch them absolutely butt the other one out of the way to go to their dish, right? That's exactly what is happening in Ezekiel. So whether you are the sheep or whether you're the goat, we are all judged... Because we missed the one. You see, Jesus isn't concerned with our tally chart. He's not concerned with our list of justifications. He's concerned about the one thin, scrawny sheep in the flock that's been pushed and pushed and nudged all the way outside and who has become lost and has gone wayward. That is the one sheep that the great shepherd is going to seek out. What happens when we hear these, hear these parables is we, in our minds, start to view Jesus as Moses in certain ways. But what do we mean by that? What this parable is speaking to is exactly the law, which is what Jesus has been talking to all throughout these parables. He's talking to the scribes, he's talking to the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the chief priests. All throughout these parables, as he is approaching that Passover meal, he is sitting there speaking to those who have mastered the law, to those who have spent their calling, their righteousness, believing that it is their job to delineate the sheep from the goats. And Jesus reminds them that there are a whole host 
of the thin, scrawny sheep all throughout Israel that had been butt out of the pasture and ignored. And what Jesus is saying, that the law is not going to save you. The law is not going to save any of the sheep. The law is not going to prevent you from being a goat and now suddenly entering into the kingdom by your adherence to it. Because if that were the case, they are failing miserably is what Jesus is getting at. Moses was given God's law. Moses, as they left the captivity in Egypt, Moses was called up onto Sinai, and he was literally given God's law for, as a gift. And that law was given to prevent all of the Israelites from harming themselves and harming others. But even while, the irony is, even while Moses is up on top of Sinai receiving that law, what are the deer, sheep, and goats down below on the hillside doing? They're already creating their golden calf to worship. Because here's a hint. If you have to create something out of your own hands, you probably don't need to worship it. Amen? There's this great meme that I saw this past week. And it's, uh, it's different cultures all around the world at different atrocities in life carrying their gods literally on their shoulders and in their arms out of their community as they run from earthquakes and volcanoes. And as, as inappropriate as the joke might be, if you have to carry your god to safety, maybe it's a god not worshiping. Amen? And that's exactly, that's exactly what we're getting at in our text. The law that God gives is to protect you from yourself and to protect you from others and to worship the God that put all of his creatures in the pasture. And when we treat Jesus as though he is Moses, he is no, nothing other than another human being with great honors given by God. Moses had his role, and that law was to establish boundaries. And those boundaries were set for the sake of community and keeping God at the center of all things. The problem is we go astray. The problem is we become goats. So in this parable, on this Christ the King Sunday, Jesus is not the giver of the law any longer. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. The interesting irony here is Christ the King Sunday is barely a century old. The, the Holy Church created the title of this Sunday at the turn of the 20th century in the midst of World War I and in the in-between phases of World War II because what the church saw, what the church saw was a bunch of corrupt shepherds that were deeming through tyranny and dictatorship, the rise of dictatorship, they do, uh, the, the church was discovering that what we are doing is creating a bunch of false kingships to follow, a bunch of false uh, leadership models to follow. And what the church wanted to bring back into the front and center is the king of all kings that we are called to worship, the great shepherd. And the role of that great shepherd was to seek out the lost sheep. So our king is not Moses. Our King is our Savior. So as we gather in this space today, maybe the image we must think about is a King on His throne at the right hand of His Father, the Creator. 
And as we, goats, come to our moment in which we are standing there and he is separating us one from the left, one to the right, it is in Christ and his absolute gift of mercy. It is in Christ and his eternal willingness to give us the opportunity of salvation, to grant to us the gift, the word of promise. It is that mercy seat, it is Christ in his throne that takes all of us goats and then instead names us the sheep. All of us sheep are the ones that he seeks out. All of us sheep were once lost. All of us sheep have either butted other sheep to the side or were the sheep butted to the side that are brought back into righteousness and fulfillment of all goodness that God hoped for. That is our king. But for those of us still sitting here wondering, I don't know, Pastor, I think this week I'm a sheep. I think I was on my best behavior at the Thanksgiving dinner table this week. I think I made the cut, Pastor. No, you didn't. Because there's one that we have forgotten. There will always be one on this side of the grave that we have forgotten. But our king on the throne, he gives us promises, a list of promises while we continue in the pasture. And for Augustus here in a moment, his first promise is given here in the waters. It's a beautiful gift. This is my third baptism in a row. We've got two more to go, right? This, is the, this year is a record on both sides for me as a pastor. And yes, I'm making it all about me for one second. I have buried more people this year than I've ever done in one year. And that's hard. We, we grieve with those families, but what we also did is we ushered them into the pasture, the eternal pasture, in which that shepherd finally gives them rest. And this year is also the record number of years standing at the spot. And it's not over yet. I just had another email over the weekend asking for another baptism date. So Augustus receives those words of promise today. Those promises. Augustus one day when he meets God at the throne, it's those words, you are receiving mercy. You are a son of God. You are in my pasture. And all the rest of us goats, we continue at the table in which we hear those words, you are forgiven. This is my body. This is my blood given for you. That king stands from his throne and he says, you too are sheep in my pasture. This is the king we worship. This is the king that enters us into Advent. Thanks be to God. Amen.